There you are. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Dad. How, how are, are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm having a strange and wonderful day. Strange. and It seemed, you know, I follow you on... Um, no. On no. Twitter. Don't notice me, please. And it seemed... Well, I notice. Mm. And it seems like you were awake very early or something. Wow. I do a similar thing with Roderick, where every time before we start recording, I have links in my document, in my Shake and Bake text expander thing mm-hmm. I make for each yeah. episode, that drops in a link to his Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, your your program with him on 5 by 5 Roadwork, and uh, to his Twitter. So I can just kind of make sure I'm totally up to date. I, I recommend not, not doing a similar thing with me because I don't want to be noticed. Please well, notice I do me. it. I do it, but I do it not just before the show. I do it before everything I do. Just to make sure everything's okay on Merlin's end. Well, I want to know what's up with you. Is he okay? It's all right. He's, he's you know, he might, is, hey. he, is he doing well? Does he need to lay down? You know, all of that stuff. How's the bursitis? Uh, get, get. Uh, yeah, well, you saw. You saw what happened. It was true. I woke up, do 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 do. I woke up at uh, very <laughs> early this morning before 4 a.m. Uh, and I, I just had a whole bunch of thoughts. Now, you know me. You know what I say? Mm. I say to myself, I've decided not to let it bother me. So if I'm not sleeping as much as I'd like, I don't worry about it. I'll get a nap later. It all, you know, even, well, I'm you're even so smart to do that because a big part of what creates problems around sleeping is worrying about sleeping. And you're the, you're a wise person to treat it that thank way. You, thank you, Dan. Can I, can I, can I uh, bounce off of that and expand it to being about literally everything? There's very few things in life that will be improved by adding stress, mm-hmm. fretfulness, mm-hmm. or fear. This uh, this goes back to a, bo- a book we talked about a long time ago. You know, I've got one book I like about everything. And the one book I like about procrastination uh, is written, <laughs> written by a professional hypnotist called Dr. Neil Fiore. I don't know it. He's a doctor of. I doubt it's medicine, but who knows? Uh, and his whole theory, which really resonated with me uh, in The Now Habit, is that we as that is it it really comes down to fear in so many ways procrastination is really about fear Mm -hmm. i i like to say that it's procrastination is what happens when we briefly forget who we are that's my take on it but his take which i think is very smart is that you think about something like a balance beam like you know four inch wide piece of wood and if you're walking across a balance beam, like everybody's probably had to do in the Jurassic days of gym class when they made us climb ropes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated the rope climbing. It hurt my bottom so much. My boy bottom. And, and, uh, but, but also you could walk across a beam. Now think about this. There's, you could have a beam that is just a few inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. Or you could have a beam that's like uh, the guy who, uh, who, who climbed the wire between the two towers. There's a big difference between that those four inches. If those four inches are like you, you could, it would be difficult to hurt yourself falling off of that from a couple inches. But now imagine you're several hundred feet in the air walking across a four inch beam. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same beam. The thing that's different is you and your perception. And again, the the contextual part of like, yeah, you really could die if you do that. So we need to get better at realizing when that fear would be useful to us. And I think that waking up at 3.50 a.m. and thinking I should go watch a Jodorowsky movie, like, I can I can deal with that. I, you're, you're absolutely right. I think sleep is one of the biggest ones. Nobody's ever gotten to sleep, gotten back to sleep or fallen asleep because they've got themselves stressed out more. Mm-hmm. 
it's so important, Dan. It really is. It is. And it feels like I'm gonna, in a minute, I'm going to promote something that I've done. And mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. bad about that. But this is something I've talked about on another program with a guy named John Roderick. And we've been talking a lot about the, the opportunities and kind of looking at what's happening and the future of introversion. And uh, in a minute, I will promote some podcast episodes. But it really, it's, there, there is this sense that as an adult, whether it's your, your life, your family, especially your job and career, if you're not fretting and worried and stressed out and busy, mm-hmm. like you're not doing it right. There's a reason every time you get in the lift, they say busy day. And of course I always say, eh, cause well, I'm not busy. What am I? I guess I'm you're time, not, you're not anything. I'm time constrained. I'm time mm. constrained. Mm-hmm. And now these days I'm not even that time constrained. Who am I to think I'm so goddamn important that I need to carry around the weight of some kind of stress that I am exclusively bringing to. It's an exclusive offer that I bring <laughs> to myself. <laughs> And there's, there's, and I'm the only one that can take it away. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the one who brings it. I'm the one who ensures that uh, that I'm always like, you, like you said, the backpack full of bricks, right? Right. That I, it's up to me to decide how much of that I'm going to carry around with me. So maybe I'll just go and I'll sit on the couch and I'll, I'll, I'll pop some pills. I'll have some coffee, and uh, maybe I'll watch a little bit of Jodorowsky. It's not a big deal. Can I promote something? Yes, I would love to hear what you're. I want to commend to our listeners. Uh, I don't. I don't. I despise self-promotion, except that I really like something that we've been doing on Roderick on the line. And um, it would not be a terrible place to jump into the show, 378, 380 episodes in. The last three episodes of Roderick on the line, particularly the last two episodes of Roderick on the line, John and I have been diving into this topic of what it means to be an introvert. I think it's something you guys have talked about too. What it means to be an introvert is not what we think. And what what does it mean to be a person who's sheltered in place or, you know, quarantined or whatever you want to call it right now? What does it mean right now? What does it mean in the future? Is there a future that we can imagine that does not require going back to the same sense of ongoing obligation to everything that's asked of us? Mm-hmm. What is going to happen with the future of bosses? As John <laughs> says, right. every day that goes by where somebody does not get to be your boss, they lose a little bit of power. And it becomes increasingly clear that the theater of work that we all are forced to perform in our day-to-day life doesn't mean you're going to go off and start your own business, uh, J-O-B, but like it's, <laughs> it's uh, I don't know, it's something to really think about, I think. So anyway, those are in show notes, uh, 378, Lion, Tiger, Horse, Monkey, 379, Garbage Island, some good raccoon content there, 380, uh, The Impossible Me, recommended. And Dan, where would people find... Show notes for episode 475 of your Back to Work program. Oh, I think uh, courtesy of you, it's backtowork.limo slash 475. 475. Five Um, times. Yep, 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 yep. You know, people should get a podcast. It's a good idea. You get a chance to figure out what you think. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can can listen to podcasts and you can do podcasts. It's it's not an either or. You can do both. Oh, I do a lot of both. I want to find someone who can do both. Yes. Why not dose Otros? Uh, I don't even know the meme. Um, you know what? Related to that, this is not on my list. This is not part of what I prepare, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Um, recommended to me by a friend of the show, uh, Greg from Agile Tortoise. I watched, I gobbled down the 10 episodes of a show called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Right. And I, I have, I've prepared the materials and I'm ready to begin this process. 
I specifically, I don't like to talk to people on Twitter, but I talked to you on Twitter and I specifically said to you mm-hmm. in particular, Dan Benjamin, I think I said something along the lines of, it's like they made a show just for us. <laughs> so just, I'll give you the log line here, uh, listeners. So I think it's on the, uh, Showtime. <laughs> but, um... It's a show with Kirsten Dunst and a really, really, really good cast. And basically, Kirsten Dunst is married to a guy who's part of an MLM that's along the lines of uh, what, like, well, not Fuller Brush, but one of those, or what, what's the one that everybody's into? Where not not Young Living, but the one where you try and sell all the household goods. Uh, Amway, sort of like Amway. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's sort of the, it's a pyramid scheme, and you 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 don't really make money selling the stuff, but you make money when people sign up to sell stuff. That's generally the way that that is the definition of an MLM in right, most ways, I right. think. Which is that the only real way to make money is to recruit more people to sell the thing that's not really going to make you money. But in, in any case, just I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. I I do want to pitch you on. I think this is worth your time. I'll say what I often say with this: watch the first episode. If you hate it, it's probably not for you. Um, if you like it, um, I, I think it's extremely good. It's not a perfect show, but I think it's a very good show. So further to the log line. Uh, so he, her husband is involved in, in, consequently, she's somewhat involved in this MLM, but alongside that, he's also very wrapped up in this, uh, this fella who does motivational tapes and it's kind of related to the MLM and it's sort of taken over his life and he's not sleeping mm-hmm. and he's getting weird. Uh, she is, has a baby, a young baby, and she works at a water park just a few minutes from Disney World in just outside in the Kissimmee St. Cloud area, one imagines. And it's kind of about, uh, I'll just say it's a, it's a very interesting journey that she goes through, uh, with this, but it's, it's just, there's so much to it. Dan, the reason I say like, first of all, obviously step zero, it's about Florida, central Florida. Where right. it's, it's literally where you use. And you've live. seen the whole, you've seen the whole thing now. You've seen the I entire, have, yeah, I watched it, it like two days. Does it seem accurate? Yeah. Too accurate. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot of shows. So it's based in 1992, there's a lot of like stonewashed denim uh, and funny shirts, and that's pretty good and on the nose. They do have, they stipulate from the beginning that this is taking place in 1992. There's a lot of music that is clearly from the mid to especially late 80s in okay. it. They kind of do that hot tub time machine thing of like, mm, I'm not sure people would be listening to that, but it works. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's worth checking out. At least check out that first episode, see what you think. The other, the other part, Dan, is that it, um, obviously when you get into this MLM stuff, I, I, I was laughing at my own joke there because they, they keep referring to people having what you would call, I guess, a corporate stooge job. Yeah. It, inside the MLM, they refer to it as a J-O-B. And it means all these different things. There's all these different acronyms. It's very funny and and dark, extremely dark. But the thing that's always dangling in front of everybody is that go quit your job thing. If you, you know, you are a corporate slave and therefore you will never be able to be your own boss. Um, and so your, your path to freedom and the millions that are waiting for you, Mm -hmm. it's just up to you working hard enough and sticking with the system. And it feels right up our alley in terms of like anti-patterns for success in life. Not to say you can't go off and do your own thing, but like that's probably not advisable for a ton of people, especially if you got a baby. Baby, baby. Uh, I have other things here. I have other recommendations. I have lots of recommendations. I have some follow up. Oh, so let me ask you: did you did you talk to your mom anymore about password management? 
I uh, know she she investigated a little bit. I don't know what she's actually done. I have a I'm 99% sure she's done nothing. I'm 99% mm-hmm. sure she's not purchased. It's a steep learning anything. curve getting into that stuff. You know, and I remember when I was setting this up for my household, you know, the it my advice would be especially if you're going with one password, especially if you've used one password before or you're like the the technology person for your family. Mhm. My strong advice is get it set up for yourself first, create the different shared vaults that you're going to be using for your other colleagues or family members or whatever, however you're doing it, like get it all going first so that you're really good at it because you're going to get a lot of questions and there's going to be a lot of resistance to it. Um, People, there's, it's almost like setting up a new text editor or any kind of a very advanced app. Yeah, I know. Like it's difficult or like it's almost like the Photoshop problem title. Yeah. Photoshop problem of like, I'm not really sure which of these things I super need to learn first. So like, like for me, it was always like, oh yeah, you got to learn to resize. I use personally, I use um, these days I use Acorn on the Mac and I use Pixelmator photo a lot. I love Pixelmator. The new Pixelmator photo is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'll use those kinds of apps. So what do I use? I mean, I use layers. I use uh, Unsharp Mask. I use Resize Canvas. It's way beyond 80-20. It's more like 95-5. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that I need to know how to use and learn, and there's probably more I could learn, but I'm not using Posterize every day. I'm not using uh, layer blending with Dodge and Burn very often. Right. But if you walked into Photoshop for the first time, each one of those things, it's like Logic. Same same thing with the Logic app. Right. Logic Pro. Where it's like, it's difficult to know what I should be learning about this. And so I agree with you about 1Password. I would go even further and say like, start just using it for even one site that you need a password Mm -hmm. manager for. You could try doing it for Google, for example. And... There's different pieces. Please don't email me. Uh, some people say keep your 2FA in a separate app. Some people say keep your 2FA um, on a separate device. That that's the purpose of 2FA is like, but if you want to get started and just be a little better, why don't you set up Google and why don't you set up 2FA, two-factor authentication to work with 1Password? And it will do, it has a, uh, they call it a one-time, uh, one-time password generator. So I'm, I would even start there and just get comfortable using that. Do not feel like you need to go all in in order to get started. I love that. Please, I love that advice. Do you think well, though please, that- Please do get started. <laughs> are there people in our audience, do you think, who don't understand or don't know about what we're really talking about when it comes to password management? Because this is every, it's like every time I, so let's say that I, let's say you pick up your phone, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in its, uh, you know, the screen is off and you, 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 you tap it, it wakes up, it scans your face, it logs you in. Mm-hmm. So at that, your mask, take your mask off <laughs> at that point. Yeah. I just want to listen to <clears throat> fountains of Wayne. Why do I have to take my mask off at that point? I would say it, the phone knows it's you. It knows that you're there. But if you were then run another application that maybe you're, maybe it's your bank. Let's say you run yep. your, you know, your Wells Fargo app or whatever, then it's probably going to re-authenticate you, re-authenticate you with face ID again. And mm-hmm. no big deal. It does that again. It's fine. Or maybe you launch one password and it wants to authenticate you with your face again. It's like, that's the kind of thing that like, it's still me and I'm still holding my phone. I've haven't handed it to anyone else. I'm not being forced to do anything. And even if I was, my face wouldn't show that. Um, 
it's still going to authenticate me. Like at some point you're like, it's, it's just me. Like it's still me. And that kind of frustration, that feeling of frustration is made so much easier with like a password management app on your computer and on your phone. And the idea that you can sync all of these things up. Yeah. You're still going to need to authenticate with your face or with your finger. It's now integrated on iOS, which is so nicely. So, so nice. Use my keychain. Yes, please use my iCloud keychain, but please also use one password. Mm -hmm. You're you're right. And I mean, so I think to answer your question, I think most of our listeners certainly are very aware of these things and a lot of them are probably using it. The folks who aren't, it's totally understandable Mm -hmm. because it's a real pain in the ass. I can't tell you what a journey it's been to try to get my family to use this stuff. And I've set everybody up. I got the vaults, we got the shared stuff, you know, and in the case of my kid, it's like, well, you know, your library card information is in here. So if you need to go to the SFPL site, the public library site, or you need to go to Libby or any of these, remember, you can just click where it says passwords down there, authenticate, and then log in. And so, I mean, the nut graph on 1Password, I feel like, is it, it's a real eye-opener in terms of what we used to call password hygiene, not reusing passwords, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's, you can put your credit card stuff in there, bank stuff in there, um, any of that stuff. And just to forestall the other side of this argument, I, I feel like sometimes there's a, there's a certain kind of black and white thinking with this stuff that's not useful, where you're either doing everything flawlessly or you're a chump. And I reject, <laughs> I reject that idea because, you know, a screen door is not a bank vault, but it still keeps the honest people honest. Mm-hmm. And, and doing a little bit of uh, privacy self-care is really not a bad idea. And what a good time to do it. This is not, a, they're not a sponsor. Shame on them. Oh, they have shame been, but they're them, not, Dan. they're not. And super shame they on them. They have been. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, whatever you use, you know, use something. Um, boy, you know what's wild though is like now that I've upgraded to Catalina on my Mac, mm-hmm. I didn't realize like so I, I get Touch ID on my MacBook Pro and love it, and I just I've only upgraded to Catalina in the last week or so, but I love that I don't know how it knows to do this how how do it know, but sometimes <laughs> it'll say oh double click on your watch to like open this thing or to do this like to ch- obviously to check out with Apple Pay and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. like. Oh, this has all gotten so much less terrible. It's really, it's really, uh, it's it's good. So check it out. Go 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 look at one password. Don't be a chump. Go look at one pat. What? Why wouldn't you look at one password? <laughs> Just go look at it. It's not a not sponsor. Shame you on know, that. I think you know the hardest part, especially. I know. I know. You're gonna say no. You're gonna say there aren't any. But I'm I'm gonna say there are listeners to this program who just have a text file with all of their passwords in it. And then when they mm-hmm. need to get to those, you can also just, get one of those little books at the container store that you yeah, write your passwords. Yeah. Check, I check mean, out I, at Walgreens, get yourself a password diary. I think that's what people are doing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is, this is, people have gone around about this so much. We should find that, uh, XKCD, uh, comic about this. People have gone around so much over the years. You know, there's like what you might call security theater, especially mm-hmm. with banks. This mm-hmm. has been a topic on the Reconcilable Differences topic list for two and a half years, probably. But like, it's it's so bizarre. These sites are like, uh, like you're not allowed to paste anything in here. You can't use, you know, oh, JavaScript. It kills me. It kills me. You got to pick this kind of password. And you're like, dude, I mean, I get what you're trying to do. But when you, when for example, when you force your employees to change their password, if you don't provide them with the training and tools 
to use a password manager, uh, of course they're going to recycle passwords. And then you say, oh, guess what? You can't recycle passwords. Well, guess what? Now you're into sticky note territory. Because mm-hmm. a normal person is not going to, they don't think about that stuff the same way. You've got to make the right thing the easy thing. And um, I, I don't doubt that there are people, I, I bet there are people who know about this, but maybe aren't doing it so much. And that's what I would, I encourage the, the doing part. I'll find that comic. Maybe you could tell me about something you like, and I'll find that uh, that famous comic. Oh, heck yeah. I'd love to tell you about ExpressVPN. We're talking about, you know, watching watching out for yourself. ExpressVPN is a great way to protect your privacy and security online. It's, it's um, I think everybody needs a VPN, especially uh, when we're allowed out again, and we can actually leave our house, and we're on someone else's Wi-Fi or someone else's signal. You want to protect all of the traffic and make sure that nobody can see the stuff that you are typing, where you are typing those passwords that you've so carefully curated and managed with your, just just your, your just your provider alone is who knows what they're doing. We don't know. know. That's the fact we think it's fine. We don't know. Well, there's something else you can use ExpressVPN for in addition to just secure browsing and privacy. It's you can unlock movies and TV shows that are available in other countries. And there are so many that we're missing out on. Have you ever said, oh, such and such a program is uh, leaving. It's leaving Netflix now. And you're like, oh, bummer. Well, guess what? It might just be going to Canada or France or Germany or UK and you can still watch it. So what you do is you launch your uh, your ExpressVPN app and you pick a different location and it'll show you as coming from your traffic will come from a different location. You just change your location, change it to UK, refresh it, Netflix. It literally does. The, the VPN I use, it thinks that I'm, makes people think I'm either in San Jose mm-hmm. or Parsippany, New Jersey. So right. all of the insane, terrible ads that I get on Tumblr. The terrible, terrible ads say things like, you can save up to $50,000 a year on car insurance in Parsippany, New Jersey. <laughs> and I well, love that. I love, I love that the, 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 they don't know. So you can, but you can do this. So let's say that uh, you want to watch Rick and Morty and it's not on your own uh, Netflix. It's not on your own place. Well, it, it's airing in France. So just say maybe your location you would be Doctors, France. Doctors Who. Maybe the Doctors Who. You're into Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can watch Doctor Who on the UK Netflix, all of this. And I'm, we're just talking, I'm mentioning Netflix. It, it works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, uh, YouTube. It, it doesn't matter. You can even get the best Japanese anime by setting your location to Japan. You'll see completely different stuff you would never be able to see anywhere else. It's compatible with all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs. You can watch what you want on the device of your choice, the big screen, the little screen, wherever you want to do. And they have a special link right now for our listeners. It is expressvpn.com slash back to work. Just go there and visit it. Even if you're like, I don't need a VPN now. Fine. Go there That'll support the show, but it'll give you a chance to learn about it. And when you are ready to get your VPN, which should be really now, uh, you can get an extra three months for free, an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. How can you beat that just by going to that URL, expressvpn.com slash back to work. That's it. That's the spot. Thanks very much to them for making this show possible. ExpressVPN. Thanks, ExpressVPN. Buck, buck. Now, before we get too deep. Yes. I want to make a very quick recommendation. Oh, please. Um, I was in the market. As as you know, 
we're recording in different locations now. And uh, sometimes I'm recording the show with my regular gear. Other times I'm recording it with my uh, my little travel mic. And one of the things that I noticed was that uh, in in some cases when I'm using the travel mic, it picks up a little bit more background noise. It's uh, you know nothing you can nothing you can do. Uh, about that in some cases you know yes you can use a noise gate or a limiter and, and adjust it and things like that and i do that and usually it helps. usually don't you usually do that at the time of production where you take a sample of room noise and yes that? yes you can do it and there are plugins and things that will help but one of the things that i found that um that was tough to filter out especially if i was doing something while i'm speaking uh, which happens a lot because during the show, I'm taking a lot of notes, I'm clicking, I'm looking. And one of the things I was got in the market for was something that, that is called a silent mouse. Have you ever heard or used a silent mouse? Do you know about this? No, I have, I've never heard of it. Just added it to our show notes. So different companies make them and no surprise that the Logitech uh, makes the best one. Uh, I tried a couple of them. Um, what I have just linked is the Logitech M330 Silent Plus Wireless Mouse. Enjoy same click feel with 90% less click noise, two-year battery life, ergonomic right-hand shape for computers and laptops, USB unifying receiver black. Huh. And I see it. this is a, a $19.95 item. And it, it they talk about it being silent and there's some reviews. Wasn't that quiet for me? Well, mm. here's the thing. It's silent. It really is silent. And so here's what I'm going to do. I have the well, mouse here. It's probably as silent as you let it be. I mean, if you're going to be banging on it or something, like there's no way it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not a black hole. So first I'm going to click a regular mouse. This is a Logitech uh, M185. This is probably like a 15 to $20 mouse. Probably got it mm -hmm. like a Best Buy or something. This is a regular run-of-the-mill mouse. I'm going to put this close to the mic and, uh, and, and, and you can listen to it. So listen, this is just regular clicking. I'm not exaggerating it. It's just regular clicking. Here you go. Okay, now I do have a noise gate and noise filter, uh, but this is it uh, on by the by the side of the keyboard, which I think may get filtered out by the noise gate, but I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah, I don't I know if you hear heard. That, I hear that okay. crispy high. Now I'm going to place the uh, the new Logitech M330 Silent Plus Wireless Mouse Enjoy Same Click and Feel with 90% Less Click Noise to Your Better Life Ergonomic Right Hand Shape for Computers, Laptops, USB Receiver Black right next to the microphone. So you can hear that clicking. Listen. I don't know if you can even hear that. Mm. And now here, here it is on the desk. Whoa, virtually spotless. And it is what, what, as a, you would think, oh, well, they just shortened the, um, you know, the, the, the depth of the key press, but it's more than that. It's, it's wonderful to use it. It's mm -hmm. clicking. It feels great. You but feel it like it, make, it just doesn't make the noise. It just doesn't make the noise. It's still got a scroll wheel, which with a click, I mean, it's everything. So if you're in the market for a mouse, just a new mouse in general. I would recommend this mouse over most of the mice that I've used, certainly Ooh. in this price point. Oh, cockadoodle uh, do. That's but if cool. you're looking for one that's a little bit more quiet, maybe you're a podcaster at home, or maybe you're working from home and you don't want to bother your 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 new coworkers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this is a great thing. It's got two thousand six hundred twenty-seven ratings and just about five stars. And I really like this thing and it's, it does have the USB receiver. And so if you're looking for something that's going to be Bluetooth, this ain't it. Uh, and the, of course the USB, um, uh, unifying receiver is 
uh, a old school USB device, yeah, USB it's like two a little, style, uh, a USB butt plug you put into something. So you got to get your dongle or whatever, but uh, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. That's very cool. I, I, I. This is my, one of my favorite sounds in the world right here. Oh, you're spinning. You're spinning your wheel. I'm freewheeling. Yeah. This one does not spin that way. <laughs> this is very cool. MX Master. <laughs> I know you like S. that one. That's a good one. It's 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 a high up. It's not a John Syracuse mouse. It's too high up and probably hard on my wrist. But what does he like? Um, what kind of mouse does he like? He likes everything. Yes, you know, he likes everything very low profile. Plus, he's got his beloved keyboard tray. Mm-hmm. Oh God, he vexes me. Even in my moments of repose, John Syracuse vexes me. In that's, my, a good, that's a good pick. My second uh, job out of college. There were uh, there was a guy in there. He had and a buddy of mine who also worked there had gone to the dentist and was having to get a, a bunch of work done, and he wasn't happy about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, we were in there. We were talking about it, and he, he's like, "I don't know why I got these cavities. Like I've got like two or three cavities." And, and we were talking about it, and this other guy rolls in. He was an older dude, and he had perfect, perfect, beautiful white teeth, if I must say. Oh. And he's like, oh, I've never had one cavity. And he's like, really? He's like, never had braces, never had a cavity, never had anything. We're like, wow, it's just good genes. He's like, no, I, I, I take care of my teeth. And they're like, well, what do you do? He's like, I get the hardest, you know, you can get the different toothbrush. There's ultra soft, soft, medium, hard bristles. He says, mm-hmm. I get the hardest bristles I can find and I brush as hard as I possibly can. What? That's and, not what Dennis recommends. And my friend Bill and I looked at each other and uh, and said, "You you've got to be absolutely nuts. What's what, what are you talking about?" He's like, "Nope." And I've done that my whole life. I've never had a. We're like, that's the exact opposite of what every single dentist and you know everybody says. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, yeah. works for me." That's weird. <laughs> So hmm. <laughs> that that just harkens back to what you said, the advice that, you know, it goes the opposite way. One guy goes one way, one goes, uh, you know, so, so what? what? Is it bad that I've shown an, a slightly edited version of that movie to my son? I think it's bad that you're lying to me that you showed him a slightly edited version. No, I edited it. You fast over? Yeah, there's certain scenes that I made. Fast I edit over, daddy, fast over. In line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say, okay, look, I, I'll hit, because I know the movie so well. I've seen it like hundreds of times. I know exactly what's coming. So I'll pause it and I'll say, all right, mm-hmm. you know, re- recuse yourself. And uh, and then I'll skip ahead, you know, 30 seconds. And I'll say, okay, come back. You're trying to skip over. The, and I'll tell him what happened, but I'm like not. the trunk scene. The trunk scene, the pre-trunk scene, the, mm-hmm. um, there's the a couple little, I love, he loved that scene, the hoof. <laughs> I got to, can I borrow this? Um, so good nice nice head of white hair and so i showed him i showed him the paint he's like that painting i wish we could have that i'm like oh we can and i showed him that you can get it and then he's like what's that from i showed him the original uh photo photo, and he's i'm like there's a whole mythology here bud that you're gonna you're gonna really start to appreciate yeah you know i've never seen casino and uh oh right i i think you I should, think I see should it. watch that yeah yeah, yeah well it, it comes up i watch a lot of youtube videos <laughs> you know the, the the videos we love of like you know there's the career retrospective oh all yeah characters but there's this one guy who i guess was in the genovese mob and boy he's got in a lot of videos 
He's in a lot of videos. Like now he's in my recos all the time. It's like, you know, hey, he's this guy who's going to like uh, watch a mob movie and tell you how realistic it is and, you know, and that kind of thing. And uh, Casino keeps coming up, but I feel like I should really watch it. I would recommend it. It is a good movie. It is a it good movie. It has been obtained. Yeah. Um, oh, it's hard. I... There's parts of it that are hard because like the Sh- Sharon Stone's character and the relationship that they have is... You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's Pro- hard. Problematic, Dan? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can I recommend uh, these password things? Yes. I located these. My pal Jeff, I assume he still works there. I don't know. I haven't kept up with him. Jeff Goldberg, who, what is his title at 1Password? It's something like Defense Against the Dark Arts uh, <laughs> Teacher, Professor, or something like that. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a crypto guy, and uh, I've mentioned this before, but it's a wonderful piece of writing and a real eye-opening piece of information. It's on their blog at 1Password. It's in show notes. It's called Toward Better Master Passwords. Mm. And if I had to summarize it with this little call-out paragraph, the strength of a password creation system is not how many letters, digits, and symbols you end up with, but how many ways you could get a different result using the same system. That's an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. For people For people who think, you know, Pencil 69 is going to be good, well, I'll add an exclamation point at the end. Well, he goes through some really lucid examples of how, you know, a diceware-ish approach where you let's say you got five English words separated by spaces or hyphens, that could be a better password than the one your bank makes you use, uh-huh. it, which is pretty wild. To think yeah, about. yeah. And of course, then uh, what's his name? Randall Monroe is that the guy's name? I think that's his name. The guy who does XKCD. One of his most famous comics, I think, is on password strength, and uh, that's in show notes also. And you can see how four random words actually uh, might be more difficult to guess. Than, than some wackadoo leet speak thing you came up with in 1998. Right. Merlin. <laughs> leet. speak. Yeah, yeah. Also, I didn't read this whole thing yet, but it would appear... So there's a, this is also in show notes. One password says, COVID-19 response, removing trial limits to help businesses work securely from mm-hmm. home. Yeah. I, I haven't vetted this, but it looks like they're taking away the 30-day trial period so companies can start keeping their teams secure without getting finance involved. Sign mm-hmm. up for 1Password Business today and get your first six months free. It's kind of interesting. A good group. Um, moving on to more things in here. Uh, oh, yeah, you had a thing from Listener Blake. Did you have any, oh, maybe later you want to do some other uh, listener letters? Or we Definitely. We talk about Listener Blake's very interesting uh, note. I mean, that um, could, I, that's, that's on you if you want to do that. It's a really big topic i don't have any advice so it's a email about i didn't read the whole thing but you you passed it along to me and it's a fella who's looking into going from what mac to linux yeah uh no he's he's looking to go to uh to uh linux uh i mean to mac if i could oh i miss i grossly misunderstood yeah, he is wanting to switch to the Mac oh, from well, Linux and, and Windows. Mm-hmm. And and it's I think it's the phrasing that he used. He says, um, I'm inspired to try to, uh, to try to switch to working from a Mac. And oh, what he's, he's that's sort of, what I missed. Okay. Yeah, so he is he is been on Windows 10 and Linux and is wanting to understand how to, to quote him, uh, uh, mentally and practically manage work environments and contexts on screen. How can he be more efficient on the Mac in terms of managing screen space and so he goes on to talk about the windows way or the linux way that he's done it for a long time 
um, and how he could do that on the Mac. And so that's what the email is about. It's a long email. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if we want to read it. If, if we, we got wants time, to I mean, out. yeah, if we got time, we could go over that for sure. Sure. Um, should I, should yeah. I read it? Uh, can I do these? Uh, other yes, absolutely. And then we'll do that. Is that okay? Um, yeah. This is, none of this is important, but I did write it down. So I feel like I should say it. Uh, I learned about a concept today. Concept. It's a concept. concept. I learned about a concept today, uh, watching a YouTube video about Survivor, and I just thought this was a very interesting idea. Um, they were talking about, uh, it's this guy, Perdium that does these really good videos about Survivor and other reality shows. It's really smart, and he's has a very encyclopedic knowledge. It, sound, it sounds dumb to watch a video about Survivor, but it's a show that I enjoy, and he's very lucid in talking about it. Um, but he mentions, in trying to figure out strategy on a reality show, he refers to this concept that comes from a book about poker, of all things. uh, What looks like a self-published book on Texas Hold'em, and it's called Multiple Levels of Thinking. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard of this. (laughs) And it's where, like, if you are at skill level zero, you don't even really know the rules of the game. Uh, You Like, maybe you're drunk. Yeah. And just don't even know what you're doing. And you're just, you know, but then level one is realizing what you have and what you should do. Mm-hmm. Like the most basic, like, okay, I'm functionally aware of the rules of poker. And I'm mostly thinking about what I'm doing here. The second level is you learn to think about what other people have and to strategize with that. Anyway, and it goes up to these levels until you get to this rare air up at level six that, according to this person, almost no one does. But each level, succeeding level, takes you further up in a competition by thinking about what the other side thinks. And sort of like like a classic comedy line, you know, what what do I think they think I think they think I think? <laughs> and it's a little bit mind-boggling, but there is a link in show notes to go read about it. I don't have a lot to say this week, but I thought if y'all want something interesting to read and think about, I thought it was kind of a provocative idea. I don't, I don't consider myself too competitive of a person, and I don't like games as a thing. But um, I just thought I'd toss that out. I thought it was very, uh, very interesting. Oh, I'll also nice. find his Survivor video. His Survivor, Survivor, Survivor videos are very good. Multiple levels of thinking. Multiple, well, mm-hmm. um, uh, this, you know, it's really not good for here. The Stephen Sondheim special on YouTube, uh, the other day was really good. If you like Stephen Sondheim and musicals, you can find it in notes. A bunch of people sing his songs from their house, and it's um, uh, weirdly moving and wonderful. Just just to see the the affection that people share with me about just loving Stephen Sondheim as a person. Yeah, I mean, I, I like his music a lot, but I really like him as a person, and I find him personally fascinating and you can just see the affection that people have you know for what he's done last recommendation um i am very late to this but this is something my daughter has introduced to me i've seen this guy in videos before but he's so goddamn funny his name is he has three first names his name is brian david gilbert and <laughs> i think he still works you know, you know this dude Mm-mm. i think he still works i just at like Polygon. people with three first names absolutely it sounds like a fake child actor name mm-hmm like a Philip, Tyler, Philip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one has two L's, one has one L. Uh, his stuff is so freaking funny. And he has this series that he does. So his, I, he, I put his own channel, his personal channel in there, which is so funny. But also the stuff, he, one of the things he does for Polygon is this thing where he's sort of almost like a mad scientist who takes some concept in a video game and then takes it extremely seriously and applies it to the real world. 
often in ways that reflect on him and where he is in life. And that's kind of a weird pitch, but the one you need to start with that I am obsessed with right now is called When Can Mario Retire? <laughs> like Mario Mario? Like mm-hmm. Mario no. Mario. Mm-hmm. Link Link. Um, he goes into this, it's, it's one of those hilarious, like, it's almost like, you know, those Google programmer questions about how many marbles could fit on a oil tanker or whatever. He goes in and looks at like, what are coins worth historically? How much he talks to a financial advisor about how much people need to retire. And he figures out what Mario, how art Mario, how old he would be when he has enough money to retire. Enough said, uh, go check it out. It is extremely funny. And, um, and relevant. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's all you get to say about that. Unraveled is the name of the series. And he's, he's very, very funny. He's a, he's a real natural for the genre. He does just, he does just great wackadoo, like why you love the internet style projects. Like there's one where he and his, I want to say siblings, but like he and these two other people, you remember the thing with Pink Floyd and the Wizard of Oz, like start playing this at this point, that kind of thing. Yeah. Remember that? Remember the old thing where they say, oh, you know, you can, if you start Dark Side of the Moon at this certain yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Watching, right. And it will sync yeah. up and the scenes will change and the music will be about a, basically a, yes. a soundscape for it. So what he did is he and these other folks um, made a thing where you hit play on their video as you're beginning the first episode of Stranger Things. And they made a musical that is... It goes along with what you're watching on screen, mm-hmm. but it's not what's happening on screen. And it's really funny. My kid and I watched it last night. It was really good. Enough said. Brian, David, Gilbert. Good man. Good mustache. Good jorts. He shows you how to make jorts because he's a jortsman. And that's all I had to say about that. That's all you got. Um, you, can- you know, why don't we explore listener Blake, I want to say? We can explore listener Blake, but first you got to get me that paper. Take me to the money zone. Sorry. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm nicking from all my favorite podcasts and performers. Dan, tell me about something that you personally like. I would love to tell you about audible. Great service. Great service. Audible. You can listen to your favorite books. On get any in device. my ear. Get in my ear words. So nice. I love mm-hmm. when they get a really good voice talent to read a book because it's like, it really adds another depth to it. And Audible's got some of the best voice actors in the business. A lot of the time it'll be the author too, which is even more cool in a way, but it's like, I'll mm-hmm. talk to my mom and she'll say, Oh, I was just reading this book on such and such while I was uh, on a walk today. I'll be like, wait, you were reading a book while you're walking. She's like, Oh, I mean, I was listening on audible. That's like supplanted reading for oh, yeah. so many people. And it's great. And, but audible is more than just audiobooks. They have a new thing I've been telling you about for a few weeks that you can listen to for free with a 30 day trial. It's, it's, uh, it is called escape from virtual Island. It's starring Paul Rudd. It's written by John Lutz of SNL and 30 Rock. It is set on a remote luxury island in the year 2038. Adventure seekers flocking there to live out their wildest fantasies in custom-made virtual reality simulations. Uh, Someone goes missing. There's a search party put together. uh, And uh, you can basically plunge deep into the world of VR in hopes of returning with a lost guest the way that the characters do. It's very cool. 
It's a fun way to, to, to be distracted from the, our kind of less than exciting reality these days. It's a very funny and it's called Escape from Virtual Island. You can listen free for 30 days. Go to audible.com slash virtual island to start your free 30 day trial. Audible.com slash virtual island. Or you can text the words virtual island to 500 500 and uh that's a thing <laughs> people do joe biden I guess. will call you back from his basement yeah that's something something like that how's, will how's happen mac gonna get get your ear with some words on uh, time was you go to a hardware store buy yourself some spackle nowadays nobody drives a pickup truck if you want to get a baseball glove you got to find a ball you know what i'm saying jack yes that's yes joe, that's joe biden calling you back on audible um i went to audible and i thought there's no way that they have my favorite audio book read by, by my favorite audiobook reader. Um, but they do. And it says here it's free with 30-day trial, and you can buy it. Uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, read by Jim Dale. You really need to treat yourself. Jim Dale is so good, and he does voices for everybody. Harry! He does look really good, Hermione. He does voices for every character, and it is a perfect delight. It'll take you back to why you love the Harry Potter books. Um, it's just joyful. And, and it's it's up in iTunes as one of the most played sets of tracks of all time, because it's what my kid went to sleep to for like two years. Mm. Just look at the state of his robes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Draco. <laughs> I like that. Uh, best Harry Potter book, don't email me, uh, read by uh, the best, uh, the best uh, narration man. And he's English. Mischief managed. Blake. <laughs> Hi, Blake. So Hi, Blake. Blake writes, Hi, Dan and Merlin. Hi. After years of listening to Back to Work and with a bit of a push to work from home with coronavirus, I've been inspired to try to switch to working from a Mac. As I've been learning the ropes, I've found a few points of friction that seemed like it might make an interesting Back to Work question in line with the Back to the Mac 2020 theme. Wow. Deep, one, deep cut. That's from like January. <laughs> one of the challenges I'm having coming from many years of working on Windows 10 and Linux systems is how to mentally and practically manage work environments and context on the screen. The question is, how can I be more efficient on the Mac in terms of managing my screen space? Uh, he goes going to some background, which I'll share. He says, in Windows, I usually run two monitors and tend to expand Windows to fill each monitor. Uh, this I, and spend the whole day moving windows into each monitor as the context needs change. The taskbar acts as a bit of a stack for lost contents, uh, contexts, half finished emails and open documents. As I explain it, it doesn't sound very efficient. The end of the day usually involves working back through the taskbar, finishing things or deferring them till tomorrow. Now I'm going to make a segue here. Yes. <clears throat> back in the original days of Mac OS 10, Back when, uh, I thought you were going to go all the way back, back to when if you put a window somewhere, it stayed there. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, but it, along those lines, if you remember um, the original Mac OS up through System 9, it, it did a very good job of remembering how windows were organized, how icons in, in, in those windows were organized if you're using the Finder. And I remember reading back in those early days of OS X in the transition, this poor guy had upgraded from OS 9 to 10. <laughs> and apparently he was some kind of production manager or designer at his company. And for years, like 10 years, 
they had used what I would describe as like a visual methodology for organizing files within folders. You would open a folder and then based on the placement of the icons, it would tell you how the projects were done and things like that. And as soon as he opened those windows in OS 10, guess what? One the same. It used a different organization system. And like Mm -hmm. his years of visually organizing those windows was gone. And he was... This sounds like somebody else that I am friends with who suffers mightily with this problem. Yeah, you do give up some of that control with these windows. classic Syracuse problem. Yeah, Yeah, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he says, um, moving to the Mac, they're obviously... For example, like when I was on Eudora, just real real quick. So like Eudora was my first GUI email app, and I just fell in love with it. And this is back when, back in the days when, you know, every Mac app was different and special in its own weird way. And mm-hmm. it was less, you know, less homogenous, usually in a bad way. Yeah. But Eudora did this thing where like, once you had like a recipient, like my friend Dennis, uh, every time I got an email from Dennis, a window popped up with all of Dennis's emails in it. And then if I wanted to go to somebody else's stuff, but it was a visual way of understanding how you work. So everything you did, so I, I'm, with, I'm with him on this idea, though, of like, okay, I close that window, I'm done with that. I close that window, I'm done with that. And again, somebody like Syracuse with tabs, just leave right. all of these tabs open because they're all accessible. They can all be, you can click the little button to see all of them graphically, like all of that stuff. But like, there's, there is something lost over time in how much we can trust in the computer to remember how we want things presented, because it's more than just a... A picadillo. It, it's a way that you like to work. You wouldn't want to come into your office and find somebody had rearranged your desk every day, right? <laughs> Not at all. I wouldn't like that. No. Um, I, I actually, in, uh, uh, just very quickly, I have a few ideas mm-hmm. for things. Um, can, can we jump into this? Yeah. Um, before you do the, he, a little he, more reading? he talks uh, about the t- key differences that he's run into. Um, he talks about task switching. He talks about what he does in, in that, but, um, he says, uh, his questions about Mac specific, he says, I get the impression that the doc doesn't want me to use it as an open task stack. Should I be using the button with the odd shaped rectangles to find open windows? Uh, okay. He says, what tips can you give me about window management? I recall Dan says he uses a single display. What kind of shortcut features of the OS do you guys use uh, to set up the screen environment? Is everything on the screen at one time or do you jump in and out of things? This is such a good question. I quite often want a window which opens in the middle of the screen to jump to full size or to snap to the left right side of the screen. I'm not sure I'm a fan of the menu bar disappearing when using the key commands to make that happen. I guess this is something I need to get used to question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically like, how do I do it is what he's, yep. he's kind of saying. Oh boy. I got a lot of advice here. A lot of very specific. Thank you for the question. Uh, listener Blake. Um, boy, where do I start with this? Uh, we could start with, let's start with some of the built in stuff. Uh, this is a slightly advanced and confusing thing, but I'm going to say a combination of how, whatever, I don't know what your input device is. For most people, it's probably a touchpad or, or similar. I use a mouse, but I also use a, increasingly use a touchpad to do stuff with the iPad. Point is that um, really utilize everything you can do with your input devices. You already know this if you've been in Linux and you're comfortable in the terminal, um, stuff like that. But like really figure out the kinds of stuff where the way that you interact with the computer 
uh, comports with how you like to work. And there's a million ways that you can benefit from this. One, uh, so one is gestures. Like go into system preferences and look at all the gestures that are available for your touchpad or whatever your input device is. And you don't have to learn them all, but get a feel for it. Um, some that I like a lot. Oh gosh, I get so confused if I'm not doing it. Um, so things like, I think it's four fingers and you swipe up, will uh, you know do mission control and mm-hmm. reveal all the windows that are open. Uh, so, I mean, I did, my general tip is just with stock stuff, whatever you're running right now, figure out, is there a faster way that I can do this with the keyboard? And there almost always is. So that's where something like Launch Bar or Alfred or similar can come in. So for example, with, with Launch Bar, I could have an Amazon tracking URL in my uh, clipboard. I hit uh, Command L, which, or excuse me, Command Space, which opens Launch Bar. I hit D, which is the app deliveries. And then I hit Space, and that turns into a little entry field. So this works for tons of stuff, whether it's creating reminders, you can create timed reminders inside of LaunchBar. It's just so fast to do that all with the keyboard. And in that case, I just paste in that tracking URL, I hit enter, and then it goes and enters that in deliveries. There's so many things you can do with that. As far as the Windows stuff in particular, think about your input device, mouse or touchpad, and start looking at ways that you could do more to control your environment with that. And that's where you get into something like Spaces. I am not a pro at spaces or mission control, but I know people who are and they really swear by it. You can get all the way down to like having a whole separate set of windows and apps that are sort of hooked up to um, a different space. So you can say, okay, this is my space for doing all this stuff. Keep all those apps over there. Um, Just go, you know, Google around and explore those things. I think those are, are good things. Um, I do also suggest several things that can make your life easier. Window management is notoriously difficult on a Mac these days, but there are things that help. These will not be John Syracuse approved uh, things that I'm saying here, (laughs) because very few things are John Syracuse approved except for The Empire Strikes Back. Um, uh, But here's what I recommend. Uh, First of all, get the app Bartender. And there may be others, but I don't care. I'm recommending Bartender. If you recommend 10 things to someone, that's not as useful as recommending one. They can always Google. I recommend Bartender, and that is a really cool app that cleans up all the stuff in your menu bar. And you get to select what stuff is always on, what stuff is never on, or what stuff is just hidden behind the icon for Bartender. So like right now in my menu bar, I've got Bartender. I've got, I do have the date and time. I have the audio interface. I have sound source. I have Fantastical. And I have that uh, app for listening to Overcast called Podcast Menu. Those are the only things I want to see. You can also tell Bartender, for example, if there is activity that I need to know about that this icon is going to tell me about, show that. Don't, you know, basically unhide it and show me that for N seconds. It's really, really cool. Do, do you have an app like this or a service like this that you that you use and enjoy? I mean, I love Bartender for the same reasons that you're describing it. It's... Um... You tend Especially, to run more stock than I do, so you probably have fewer of those things. But like, if you don't need the Bluetooth menu to be out there all the time, why don't you have that tucked into Bartender? Yeah, and you know I'm, it's in there. And it's just it's less visually cluttered and it's just better organized. I got turned onto Bartender when I was using my 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro a lot uh, because mm-hmm. the screen resolution was fine. But do I really? You know, there are a lot of little things and there are a lot of little menu bar utilities, and I do use yeah. them, but I don't. I don't need to see them all the time. And in you know what? 
I'll mention they work even when they're in bartender. So I, I mentioned that I use the little app Shush, S-H-U-S-H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes along with bartender, um, which is great because you can use it, map it to one of the keys on your keyboard. And when you're using a USB microphone, it'll it'll act like a mute switch. It's not perfect. But it works pretty well. And yeah, but you um, still use all the stuff, even if you don't see the icon for it. Man, right. It still really works. Cool. You just don't need to see the icon. If you know you've mapped it to the function key, then you can hit the function key and you don't need to see the icon. The little things like that, that, like for like I have some Adobe apps and I really don't need to see the creative cloud icon with the red dot telling me I need to update something every 10 minutes. Like I don't I need hate to see that. that. <gasps> I hate that. Oh, I hate it so much. You know, you only keep yeah. the things there that you really use. I almost never almost never do anything with the Bluetooth menu item that you mentioned. I have an AirPlay item up there. Almost never do it. The little emoji and keyboard viewer, I use that thing all the time. So that mm. one I want to stay out. So these are the kinds of things that make it easier. But as, as a, f- a fundamental tip for Blake is it's, you know, the the methods that he set up to use, like using the taskbar and other things like that, it almost looks like he's trying to say, well, here's how I did it the old way. I want to do those same things now on the Mac. M- my answer is that probably isn't going to work, mm-hmm. but learning about these things like Merlin that you're sharing, there are other maybe better ways to do it on the right. Mac that will be different, but that you may find are actually a lot better. I, I heard somebody back, I remember back when, uh, here comes the metric system. Do you remember when they were really <laughs> trying to push the metric system on us in the 70s? Yes. It's a bummer we didn't go with the metric system, but a, a great piece of advice that I've found applicable to many things in life is to get with the metric system, stop trying to do conversions. And instead, learn the metric system. So instead of saying like, and it, you know, it's handy if you're in the kitchen and you have a recipe. Uh, I had to do a thing with coffee this morning that involved, I had, uh, I had European instructions for this thing. So I had to do centigrade to Fahrenheit. Well, that's fine. But I mean, there's a lot that's very sensible about the metric system over the English system. If you come to the metric system, trying to jam the stupidity of the, of the imperial system, you're going to, it's a mess. Instead, learn what a gram is. Learn what a liter is. Like a liter... A liter is how much urine fits in the usual bladder, and it's a soda stream bottle. That's a liter. And you can use that bottle for that if you need to in a pinch. That's a life hack. Um, no, I totally agree. I, I mean, it's, it's certainly natural to say, I, I would look at it as a bigger kind of Uber pattern, though, of like, well, what is it I'm trying to accomplish here? And rather than trying to like directly find the cognate um, is that the word for that? When you have a word that's in two different languages, instead of trying to find the exact, you know, uh, English translation, like learn a little bit of that new language instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're recommending here. Um, and then, so what else is, oh, so here's a few more. Um, as far as the doc stuff. Yeah. The doc is weird. Um, doc it is things, weird. I think we've just grown accustomed to it, but it is really weird. It's, it, it's, it's, it's odd, but it can be very handy, especially if you customize it a little bit. So for example, uh, well, the very first thing is like, do you want the, you know, uh, you're going to want to learn option command D, which hides or shows your doc. You don't always need it on unless you do. You can change the size of it. Um, look at where you want to pin it to. Uh, the default, of course, is on. And at the bottom of your screen, I've changed that to the left side. 
I like it on the left side, uh, even though I, maybe, or especially because I'm right-handed, I don't want it getting under my mouse unless mm -hmm. I need it to be there. But look at whether you want it, which side you want it pinned to. You might also, I don't know if this is as closer to what you want, but there's a, a pretty, pretty cool app that's available on SetApp or for purchase um, called U-Bar. Uh, and U-Bar is, uh, how do I describe it? It's more like a task tray in some ways. Uh, but check out, I'll, I'll put all this in notes uh, before we post. But uh, check out U-Bar for a, a neat and interesting way to have a second dock that does different things. Uh, that's pretty cool. Look at pinning, like I said. Uh, and a few more uh, utilities you may find useful. Now, like I say, this is not Syracuse approved. Uh, another topic that's been on our list for years is talking about window management on a Mac. There are apps that attempt to do this for you one that I use, I don't know if I love it. I haven't really spent a ton of time with it. But if you're looking just to do window management stuff, you might want to look at Moom, M-O-O-M. Moom. And what I like about this is, it's going to be hard to describe, but you basically go in and create your own little custom places on your screen that Windows can go. And there's a grid. You choose how big this grid is, how many, how many left, how many right, almost like think about the way a spreadsheet looks. And then using your mouse, you draw for each one of these things what size and location, in this case, they call it move and zoom is the one I use the most, which, said, which is saying when I'm in this window and I hit this key command, I want you to move that window to this area exactly. And I want you to make the window exactly this size. And so I have, what, probably six of these that I like. Um, so you could, you could have stuff like you could, yeah, sure. You can say like cover my whole screen, but I like the, using thirds where I'll like, let's just, there's stuff I like to do where I'm moving a bunch of files where I want to have one, two, three windows stacked vertically and not very wide because they're, they're mostly a drop target. I'm not mm -hmm. doing a lot of it. They're just a drop target. You know what I mean? So those, for those I have, uh, what is a control option command, uh, one, two, three, and four. And the windows just snap right into place. There are other options for this, but that's one that you could start with. Um, that is Moom. Mm -hmm. Another one, and again, for each one of these, there are so many options, but just, you know, give me a break. Um, one that I like a lot, because <laughs> you know, no, but you know what people are going to say? People are going to say like, oh, were you aware that there's, I was like, I know I'm not aware, but thank you. Um, I'm just telling you, if you give people too much advice, it becomes not useful. Um, tab switchers. Uh, a lot of good ones have come and gone. The one that I'm using right now, it's not quite as speedy as I would like, but it's super handy, which is called Witch by that cool company whose name I always forget. But find yourself a tab switcher that you like. What's not, a good tab switcher will let you do a ton more with just your keyboard. So in the, as everybody knows, on a Mac, you can hit Command Tab, and it takes to you, you know, depending on how you have it configured, I guess, it takes you to the most recent app, so you can just kind of, Command Tab will quickly toggle between two apps. And that's really cool. But which also does stuff like it's aware of Windows inside of each app. Mm. So you can do some pretty cool stuff with like command tab and then arrows to like get to certain windows if you want to do that. Um, there are so many different ways that you can choose to do this. I think this is the kind of thing that also launch bar can do. Um, boy, launch bar is so powerful, but which is really good. So what I'm recommending here, which uh, or similar for um, command tabbing, Moom or similar for window management, U-Bar as a dock option or a second dock. Uh, I, I don't run it right now, but I used to run it on the right side of the screen. Um, and then let's talk about two biggies. 
God, you got to get Text Expander, of course. Uh, we've talked so much about Text Expander. That must have. It's a must have. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Text Expander lets you have snippets that sync across your devices. It's supported by all the good apps. And uh, it just makes it real easy. For example, every time I start this show, I have a shake and bake. I hit B2WN and it creates a, like pops up a form field where I do all the stuff I know I'm going to want in every episode of Back to Work for those show notes. Because you like the ones where I prepare. That's oh how yeah. I, that. I mean, those are special to me. Those Super are really, special. Yeah. Finally, um, two things I really want to recommend uh, to just kind of get your feet under you, especially with your touchpad. And, but also with your mouse, your touch bar, like whatever it is, go check out Better Touch Tool. Uh, we've talked about this before. I learned about this from Brett Terpstra. This is a, an amazing app for, it's, a, it's kind of a classic old school map where it's got more stuff than you really need. But it is the easiest way I know to automate or tweak a ton of stuff. So like, if I'm, you know, changing my F keys, it's, I, I use a better touch tool to change my F keys. Better touch tool also lets you customize your touch bar. Uh, if you have a MacBook pro, um, then the other one, and I'm recommending this on the strength because as I've said before, I haven't spent the time with this, but, um, keyboard maestro. Yes. Uh, keyboard maestro is one of my that? favorites. Yes, absolutely. I Can love you that. give people a sense of the sort of things you in particular do with keyboard maestro it's on the face of it it's a way of creating macros right that that is yes and the whole principle behind keyboard maestro is that it it you're going to automate things and that's kind of the the big push is that you're going to save time with it and so there are a lot of things that you can do i mean god there's so many examples um, you can control applications with it. So yes, you can you can use it to launch applications if you want. But yes, you like can, launch launch bar is useful for doing one or two or perhaps three things. Unless you're right. like a quicksilver dork. In this case, you're saying no, no, no. There's like six things I always want to do in this order and remember where this window is and do this thing and all of that. And you, it, there's a lot to it, and it's a little bit like programming. But it's when you say it's pretty powerful. Yeah, it re it's it's too powerful. You can use it to fill <laughs> in like forms on the web or or do automatic responses. Like if you're doing you know emails where you want a response to come in all the time that's the same or or modified based on text that you've highlighted. You can use it to download things. Or if, if you want, like if you go to a website and every month they have to go and download this PDF file from this website and send it to my. Like you can automate oh, all of really? that stuff. Yes. I um, do that for Hattie with uh, Roderick on the line. Yes, stuff. you could do that. I mean, it, and right it now has, I do that all manually. Oh, wow. It has like conditions that you can put in. And so it will, you can create this super complicated if you want. And I, I don't have any that are this complicated, but you can do these whole workflows. It's like select this text, Is paste it, like it quick into keys this a little bit. Do you remember quick keys back in the day? Yeah, I did. It might have been before your, that much. your before your time, but Quick Keys was this app that would do all of this wackadoo stuff, including clicking in a cert at a certain point, right? So, like, including like true true like macros of mm -hmm. like turn this into like a mechanical Turk for doing stuff, including clicking a button that I know will be there at this point on the screen after these things have happened. It's kind of like that, right? Uh, it is very much like that, but you can do, and and it's funny that you mentioned this because this is one of the number one things I was going to recommend for Blake because you can have 
uh, keyboard maestro like arrange windows for you yes. um, and like say oh I want I want four equal sized Safari or whatever browser windows on a on a screen or I want my code window on the left and I want the browser on the right or I want my editor here and the markdown previewer over here and you can set it to do things like that. Oh, you can that set so the cool. Mac to wake spend time with that That's to so shut cool. down or wake up. I mean, there's so like it's absolutely bonkers what mm-hmm. you can do with this. And uh, and I will say that the creator of Keyboard Maestro is a cool dude, and he's in my Minecraft server. So um, props That's to him awesome. for that too. Yeah. Who who does he have a name? I don't know if he wants to. Okay. Sure. Have that out. Yeah, yeah. Too. He might want to keep undercover. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's I'll maybe he's that a in famous dude. Notes. I've got another Peter. Really Peter. Thing. Peter and Lewis is the guy's name. Oh, I think he did the. Uh, oh my God, Peter Lewis, the Peter Lewis, the the Peter Lewis. Yeah, sure. He did all those apps. He did. Um, he did the apps. Wait, wait, wait. What did he do? He did. Um, was it an RSS reader? No. What was it? He did FTP app. What did he do? That was. Oh, what's his famous app? Oh, this is really embarrassing. I know his name. Is he Australian? He is, yeah. I, can't I hold, know you know. him from back in the day. Yeah. Peter and Lewis. All right. Peter all right. and Lewis. And he's um he's in uh, let me see, I'm looking at uh, at their about page now. Uh Perth, Western Australia. Interarchy. Do you remember that? Oh my god. He did Interarchy too? Oh my god. Yes. Oh, oh man, god, I love all. that. This is so cool. There's an interview with Gruber from 2007 here. I'll put it in notes. <laughs> Hi, Peter Lewis. I, I'm a fan of your work from back in the day. Hi, I've Peter. spent money on your things. FTP. Um, do, 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 What was the other thing? Um, and, and again, as ever with all of these things, and I'll, I'll to the best of my ability, I'll put all this in notes. Um, there's a lot here. You know, you just let's go back to that original uh, first principles, Clarice. What we talked about with one password. Mm-hmm. What we talk about when we talk about one password the great Raymond Carver story. Um, you don't need to do it all. You don't need to learn it all. You don't need to get into the Photoshop conundrum. Like you will get frustrated and throw your hands in the air. Like you just don't care unless you focus on like one problem you're trying to solve with this. I really think that's a good way to learn things. It's probably not a terrible way to learn programming, right? It's like to, to scratch an itch a little bit. Um, but like, you know, it's, I've tried to learn Python four times and like each time it's like, mm, I don't need this enough to learn this. That's a dumb attitude probably, but it's very easy to get frustrated and overwhelmed and to get into the pornography of productivity by going um, way too deep into this stuff. But these are all pretty good options for at least getting you started. Oh, you know another cool thing with Better Touch Tool? I might've mentioned this last week. I think I'm in a fugue state. The um, Better Touch Tool also will let you do things like control your Mac from your phone. I forgot about that. So like if I'm if I'm over, you know, in a different area and I want to mute or I want to change or I want to like your your iPhone can become a touchpad for your your Mac. You can change the volume. It's really really cool. It runs a little demon on your uh on your machine. You're a little demon, Dan. You're a demon. <laughs> little demon. Uh, what else as far as there's another window manager I use and I feel like a dingling that I don't remember even what it's called. Uh, FVWM2. That's it. FVWM2. That's your window manager. It's all you need. All you need. FV, is that like FFmpeg? Uh, no, it's, it's the one I used to use back in my Linux days. It's flags um, and attributes. You understand? (laughs) Yeah. Flags and attributes. Uh Uh-huh. You want to really get in there. Um, you don't want all the things. Th- these are things where you could just go into this somewhat gingerly. 
Mm-hmm. You, you could screw yourself up real good by like doing too much of this stuff. Like it's. Thank you to listener Blake for an excellent question. And thank you most of all to you, the customer. Rock boys in the building at night. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling like. <clears throat> Jay-Z. Yeah. What, what is it? What do you call it? High handing? What does he do? Big high big high fiving, were you? High fiving. You, your hand goes up, the other person's hand goes up, and if you're lucky, so they, they collide. <laughs> Let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. That was fun.